jump into the word today. Uh, last week we uh, last week we preached from Joshua chapter one, verses six through nine, and we led to go back to Joshua chapter one and finish out that chapter today. Uh, and so we will uh, launch from verse number ten of Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one, verse ten. Uh, we will begin there today from the English Standard Version. Uh, we encourage you now, uh, it'll pop up on your screen, but you can mark it in on your tablet or in your Bible uh, as you are sharing with us and as I read the word today. Uh, from Joshua chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse 10, you find these words. Uh, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan and go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said to them, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives and your little ones your, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all of the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your, armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives uh, to your brothers as he has given to you rest. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses." Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We thank God for God's word on today. Amen. For the time that we have uh, together, I'd like, to tag, um, I'd like to tag this text with the topic, um, uh, the commitment to move forward. The commitment to move forward. Commitment to move forward. New seasons bring uneasiness. Transition brings hesitation. Even with the assurances, uh, even with assurances, the next thing can leave us with levels of angst and uncertainty, and yes, even fear. This causes us often to act against our own best interest, or better yet, act against God's best interest for us. And this, in many ways, was the story of the Exodus generation of Israelites in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Standing with the opportunity to leave the oppression of Egypt uh, as a distant memory and to enter into the promised place that God had prepared for them, the Israelite nation hesitated on going into the Canaan land because of the negative report and exaggerated rumors of a few spies. They missed out because they weren't able to trust the minority report that was given that God had given them the land and they were able to take it. And God would not allow those who trusted the voice of man over God's own voice in that season to enter the land 
and the people of the Israelites found themselves for 40 years wandering in the wilderness. I'd like to place a pin right there because for many of us, we are in a place of perpetual wandering. It is a place where we look like we are moving. We feel like we are moving and we are moving, but in reality, we are only going in circles. For some folks, this is okay. Some of us are settled and satisfied with having the appearance of progress, the appearance of growth, and the appearance of change, but no real evidence of it. Some of us are okay with the same old, same old. Some of us, the status quo is sufficient for us. For other of us, though, we know that there has to be more for our lives, more for our families, more for our churches, more for our communities, but everything feels the same all the time. Being stuck in a pattern of limited progression, plateaued in a place of sameness, doing a whole lot but producing very little is draining for us. We are wandering in our relationships, wandering in our worship, wandering in our careers, wandering in our communities, wandering in our church and ministry life. We look like we are doing something, but really we aren't accomplishing anything at all. And it gets tiring, traveling in circles, going round and round and round and round. And that's uh, how the Israelites felt in the wilderness, and that's how many of us feel even today yet God is calling us in this season in this time to prepare to move into the place of God's preferred future for our lives when we press fast forward from numbers 13 to Joshua chapter 1 we discover that God is in conversation with Joshua as he stepped into the leadership of the nation of Israel who were camped on the eastern side of the Jordan River after 40, 400 years, rather, of bondage and 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the time had come for the people to move into possession of this promised land. Joshua, as we discussed last week, while being affirmed as Israel's new leader, still had some nervousness about stepping into this new role. But God reassures him with promises of presence and encouragement to move courageously forward into the land that God had given to the people. In fact, God's initial conversation with Joshua ends in verse 9 of chapter 1 with God telling Joshua, Have I not commanded you, you remember from last week, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The scene in chapter 1 quickly shifts from an intimate meeting between God and Joshua to Joshua giving his first public orders as the new leader of the children of Israel. He tells the official leadership group to spread the word to get ready to move forward across the Jordan River into the promised land. In just three days, they would be ready to move and they were to get their provisions ready and to prepare themselves to transition from one side of the Jordan to the other. Their time in the wilderness was over. It was a new season of next for the Israelite nations. God had given Joshua the command to prepare them to cross over into the land that was given unto them. The word of the Lord came to Joshua that it was time to move forward in Joshua chapter 1 verse 2. And now as we approach verse 10, he is telling the people to get ready to move forward. 
hanging out on the east bank of the Jordan River. The, the river, the Israelites had dropped uh, the unbelieving generation that caused them to uh, wander for 40 years. And now their circling was moving into a straight path into the promised land. Joshua tells the people that they are prepared to cross the Jordan River. They get their provisions together, their food and their attire and their belongings so that they could move into the land of promise. And they have to check to make sure that they are physically prepared and that they are spiritually prepared. They needed a check on their commitment to move forward. Likewise, we have to determine if we are ready to move forward. What was done in Egypt and what was done in the wilderness won't work in the next place that God is calling us to. You ought to say that. Type that in the comments. Write that in your notes. What, what happened in Egypt and what happened in the wilderness won't work in the next place that God is calling us to. Being ready to move forward comes with analyzing our commitments because the truth is we might be committed to some things that don't serve where we are going. We might not be, we might not be as committed to the actual movement of God to the actual direction of God as we portray that we are. And so we have to do a check on our commitment because it's going to take a new level of commitment to move into the promised land of our lives. It's going to require a new level of prayer, a new level of meditation, a new level of engagement with God and God's word. And the question for us is, are we ready to move forward? Are we ready to do what it takes to walk into our promised land? I believe the text helps us today. Because it shows us the commitments that we need to make and prioritize in order to move forward. Text tells us the first commitment in moving forward is a commitment to God's word. It's a commitment to God's word. Type that in the comments. Following his conversation with God, Joshua calls them uh, together, through, calls together rather the officers of the people in verse number 11 and tells them, go through the camp. And tell the people to get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross over to the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. The officers and the people were the uh, officers of the people were the administrative representatives that Moses had set up to help him manage the issues of the people. A part of their responsibility was to get the word out among the tribes of Israel about what was going to happen. If we jump down to verses 16 through 18, we see that the response of the people was affirmative and in agreement to follow that which Joshua had commanded. Now, let's, let's run back a little bit and think about how this works. God talks to Joshua in verse 2 and tells Joshua what to do. Then in Joshua, in verse number 11, tells the officers what to do. The officers then in turn and tell the people, and the people respond in verse 16, saying that they are going to follow. The thing that is consistent from God's mouth to the ear, from God's mouth to the ear of the people is this message: get ready to cross over. And if we're going to move forward into our, the various uh, aspects of our lives, we have to make sure that what we are clearly following is the word of the Lord. We encounter God's word in many ways. God speaks to us in prayer, speaks to us through scripture, speaks to us in fellowship, in worship, and in our day-to-day -day lives. However, we encounter the word of the Lord. We have to make sure that we are following God's word. Realizing God's preferred future for our lives requires us to be committed to hearing the word of the Lord and doing the word of the Lord. Uh, because of the chain 
uh, because of the chain of service in the camp, the message could have easily been distorted. Think about it. Y'all know growing up uh, in elementary school in the neighborhood, you played this little game called telephone, right, where you had a bunch of people in the line, and you have the message start with one person, and you pass it from one person to the next. And by the time it gets to the end of the line, we discovered that the message that started out wasn't the message that ended up. The message that started out was the sky is blue, but the message where it ends up is the cat is green. And if we don't know how it got distorted or where it got distorted or who decided they wanted to change the message uh, in the line of delivering the communication, but the message got distorted. And the truth is, that's the way it is for many of us in our lives. It's easy for the message to get distorted because we hear God say something to us through our quiet time, through prayer, through scripture, through the Holy Spirit. And somehow the message gets distorted and we end up doing things outside of what God has asked us to do. Perhaps the message came to us and we didn't like it. So then we decided that we weren't going to listen and we just going to switch the message up to fit what we like. Maybe we haven't issue with the person that gave us the message or the direction that the message came from. So we disregard it, not thinking that it's the Lord speaking to us. We might be guilty of giving divine status to voices of things and people around us and completely miss what God is actually saying to us. Sometimes the message comes and we manipulate it so that we affirm where we are and affirm what we want to see happen and not what God has called us to do. Either Either way, however it happens, when we distort God's word to us, we derail the destiny that God has for us. You ought to type that in the comments, write it in your notes again. When we distort God's word to us, we derail the destiny that God has for us. And if you want to know why so many churches have minimal effectiveness in the world and are nothing more than Christian social clubs, it's because we have distorted the word that told us to go ye therefore and teach all nations to mean that we we got to wait for them to show up to us. You want to know why our family and our community structures are falling apart in this culture? It's because we have rejected God's mandate for us to look out for one another, to support one another, and to care for one another. You want to know why our politics is so jacked up? It's because we, the Christian folks, citizens of the kingdom of God, are waiting for the government to do what the church should be doing. That is loving our neighbors as we love ourselves and not just the neighbors that look like us, not just the neighbors that run in the same circles as we do, but all of our neighbors. God's word in scripture ought to confirm God's word in prayer. And we have to get to the place where we don't use God's word to fit our personal agendas. We need to we need to stop hijacking God's word and making it our own and getting out, getting out of it what we want to be done or what we want to see accomplished. Because if God said do it, then we need to do it like God said do it. If God said don't do it, then we need to stop testing it to see if it's what God really meant. If you want to realize the vision that God has given you, if you want to move into the proverbial promised land of your life, if you want to increase your impact and your influence for the glory of God, then you have to move to the place of committing to doing what God says do, when God says do it, how God says do it. There are no shortcuts. There are no, there is no quick path. Go God's way or don't go at all. We got to commit to God's word. Got to have a commitment to God's word. But if we're going to move forward, we also have to have a commitment to unity, a commitment 
uh, to unity. Check the text beginning at verse 12. Joshua provides a reminder to the tribes that had made a decision to settle in the land of the wilderness instead of getting uh, instead of getting uh, and going and settling in the promised land. He says Reubenites and Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh remember the command that Moses the servant of the Lord gave you that you will be given rest in this land only after your fighting men help the other tribes secure rest in the land that the Lord is giving to them. Uh, back in Numbers 32 uh, these tribes that are listed in the text went to Moses and requested to stay in the land where they were and not cross over the Jordan because they were comfortable where they were. The cattle could eat there. They could graze there. They feel like they were, where they were was good enough. Moses rebuked them but granted their request on the condition that their men would cross over to help the other tribes get the possession that God had for them. And as they stand on the edge of Canaan, Joshua has, has to remind them that even though they got theirs, they were still oath-bound to help everyone else get what God had for them. Listen, we could probably dedicate a whole sermon or sermon series on why what these two and a half tribes deciding to settle in the wilderness uh, was, why it was a problem. Uh, but beyond that point, here is this. Just because we are okay with what is right now for us doesn't mean that we should stand in the way of helping someone else get to what God has for them. Let me say it one more time. Just because we're okay with what God has for us right now, just because we are settled and we're fine with where we are, just because where we are is good enough doesn't mean that we stand in the way of helping someone else get to what God has for them. The Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh decide to settle outside of the promised land that was on them but they still needed to be actively participating in ensuring that the remainder of the tribes of Israel attain, attain their promise from God in fact their ability to return to the land that they claimed was contingent on all the other tribes claiming their land as well uh, this means that ultimately all the tribes were working toward the same goal and no one rested until all had a achieved that goal what is clear for the Israelites is that God was connecting the successful statement uh, successful settlement rather of Canaan with the full participation of the people uh, in other words no one rested until all achieved their promise no one was free from fighting the battles until everyone had achieved peace and I just imagine and I just imagine, y'all, if we lived with that kind of mandate on our lives, that I can't stop fighting until you are at peace, and you can't stop fighting until I have found peace. Uh, what, what would happen in our relationships if our mindsets was truly uh, the greater good of someone else? How much more powerful would our churches be if instead of always fighting with one another, we stood together and fought side by side for one another's benefit and worked together to build the kingdom? Uh, there's a word for this, y'all, and it's called unity. You know what Queen Latifah said, you and I, T-Y, that's the unity. And one of the greatest challenges for the church and for our community and for our workplaces and for our homes and for our lives is finding a way to operate uh, in a level of unity that pushes our lives to better the future that God has promised and prepared for us and for others around us. Y'all, this is why the psalmist wrote uh, in Psalm 133 uh, that it is good and pleasant for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity, y'all, because unity commands God's blessings. What God has for my life is connected to what 
what God has for your life. And if we can find a way to work together, if we can find a way to help one another to the place that God has designated for us, we might find in that process that we will find ourselves reaching the, our own preferred future as well. Y'all, we waste a lot of energy with negative stuff. We waste a lot of energy on divisive behavior. We waste a lot of energy on holding on to things that we need to let go. We waste a lot of energy, y'all, that could be better utilized in finding ways to work together and help each other. So listen, stop fighting your spouse or your significant other and find out how you can help them get where they're trying to go. Stop fighting against your brothers and sisters in your church and in the ministry where you serve and start praying for God to give you a spirit of cooperation and collaboration. Don't talk about that family member. Stop talking about that co-worker and ask God to show you the way to helping them to achieve their better. Uh, don't focus on all that is wrong and what everyone else isn't doing, but figure out what you can do to help make it more peaceful, less contentious, and more unified right where you are. And if we could all take on this mindset, we wouldn't have to worry about looking out for ourselves because everyone else would be looking out for each other. That's what Paul wrote in Philippians 2, that we got to look out for the interest of other people above even ourselves, that we don't put ourselves to the side, but we're always looking to uplift, to promote, to push forward, to encourage and to cheer on those that are moving forward in their purpose and in their destiny. We've got to have a commitment toward unity. Got to have a commitment toward unity. We're going to move forward. It's commitment to God's word, commitment to unity. Finally, we have a commitment to following. Commitment to following. Y'all, the people responded in the text to Joshua's first command to the nation of Israel to mobilize and prepare to enter the promised land. Uh, in fact, their words of support were overwhelming. In verse 16, they responded, whatever you have commanded, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Look, they even added a caveat and said, look, if folks get out of line, if they ain't willing to obey, they're going to be put to death. Y'all, that's some serious commitment to what they believed the Lord was doing in Joshua through Joshua for the nation of Israel. And after a generation of more or more of wandering in the desert, the people seem to be enthusiastic about finally moving forward into the land that was promised to their ancestors. Listen, they had seen their mamas and their daddies murmur against Moses and murmur against Aaron and murmur against God in the wilderness. And they saw where they got that, where that got them. And they decided, listen, we're going to follow what the Lord has for us to do. Their response was fully committed to whatever the plan was for the people moving forward into Canaan. And I would imagine that Joshua was, was just was also comforted as a leader to hear that those that he was called to lead were also willing to follow and trust him in such a holistic way but y'all I had to stop for a second and think about it because when you really read closely to what's happening in those last verses of chapter one we discover that there are some conditions to following in the text y'all uh, the people didn't just say that they would follow anybody they said that they would follow Joshua they they didn't just commit to following 
anyone, they committed to following Joshua. Look what they said. They said they would follow Joshua the same way they followed Moses. They would obey the command of Joshua the same way they obeyed the command of Moses. Y'all, and that just let me know today that we can't follow just anybody. We can't let just anybody speak into our lives and guide us and lead us to where they want us to go. Uh, and maybe the issue for us is, is that we can't move forward because we aren't following the right folks. We aren't following the right ideas. We aren't following the right principles. We're not following the right examples. Maybe we got to check what we're following to determine whether or not we're moving in the direction that the Lord would have us to go. Uh, we've got to check to make sure that we are following the right things. Why? So we can move forward into what God has for us. And how would we know whether or not we're following the right thing? It's right there in the text, I promise you, uh, because the people said uh, that the Lord, as the Lord was with Joshua, that the Lord, uh, that as the Lord was with Joshua, they would believe that the Lord was with Moses and Joshua in the same way. I messed that up. I'm going to say it again. We know because that they believed that the same presence that was with Moses was with Joshua. The same presence that was, had guided them through their season of wandering now rested on Joshua and was leading Joshua and guiding Joshua. They'd seen Joshua at Moses' right hand, leading in battle, working for the kingdom of God, trusting and knowing uh, that he was guided by the Lord. And so we know because we know that we the presence of the Lord is with us. Look, we talked about God's presence last week and how Joshua had to rest in God's presence. And here's what I here's what they realized that if the Lord wasn't present then, uh, then the Lord, then the, if the Lord wasn't present, then their leader wasn't necessarily the one that they should be following. And y'all, that is what we ought to be linking into. Because here's the reality, y'all, that leaders might change, but the Lord never does. Circumstances might change, but the Lord never does. Situations might change, but the Lord never does. Relationships might change, but the Lord never does. And so that's why they said we saw what the Lord did through Moses. Yes, our, our folks were disobedient. Yes, they didn't make it into the promised land, but there's no mistaking that the Lord brought us out of Egypt, that the Lord kept us through 40 years in the wilderness, that the Lord has put us on the shores of the Jordan, ready to cross over into our promised land. And because we know what that looks like when the Lord was with Moses, that we're going to trust that the Lord is with Joshua too. We're going to pray that the Lord be with Joshua too. We're going to follow because we know the Lord is going to be with Joshua too. Because the only constant uh, in this whole story, uh, when the Israelites were disobedient, when Moses did what he wanted to do, when they decided in Numbers 13 uh, that they didn't want to enter into the promised land, was that God was with them through the good days and the bad days. God was with them through the ups and the downs. God was with them. And I don't know about you today, but I'm so glad uh, that we serve a God that never changes. I'm so glad that we serve a God who is faithful to us. I'm so glad that regardless of what we go to, we go through, that God will be with us, whether we're in the wilderness or in the promised land. I'm so glad that God is with us. And y'all, that's why I love that old hymn of the church. You know what the hymn says. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. 
thou changest not thy compassions they fail not great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see for all I have needed on my good days all I have needed on my okay days all I have needed on my bad days all I have needed when I was heartbroken all I had needed when I was in my wilderness season all I have needed as I step into my promised land season all I have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me and if you're glad about it today I need you to lift your hands in the comments and say great is thy faithfulness I need you to clap your hands and do your dance for we have a God who never changes he is the alpha and the omega he is the beginning and the end we have a God who never changes he is the same yesterday today and forevermore and while your friends might change while your family might switch up on you while your church crew might change on you while situations might shift on you you ought to thank God today that we have a God who doesn't change and if that's you today you ought to lift your hands open up your mouth and praise God for being a God who doesn't change we thank God that he's a God who doesn't change God doesn't shift like folks that we in relationship God doesn't switch up on us but God is always with us God has promised that wherever we find ourselves, whether we go to the depths of hell, find ourselves on the highest mountain peak that the Lord is there. There's no place that we can hide from the Lord. And this is why God, this is why God is one to whom we can commit to following. As we discern and see the presence of God moving, that you can say yes to commit to following the Lord. Listen, it's time to move forward to EMCBC 130 forward. It's time to move forward. COVID's been hard, but COVID was necessary because it showed us it was time to move forward. It showed us that God has some more things for us, but we can't take Egypt into the promised land. We can't take the wilderness into the next season that God has for us. So we've got to pray about our commitment and remain committed to God's word, committed to being unified, committed to following what the Lord has for us. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for this moment in Joshua's life which reminds us about the importance making the commitment to move forward. We thank you for the testimony of Joshua which tells us that some things have to shift and some things have to change. Some things got to be different as we move into the next season. But even as we shift and we, and we change and as we move, as we do things differently than we did before, 
God, we can do it with the confidence that you are the same God who's been with us all along. That in fact, you are the God that is moving us to change so that we can better prepare for the promise that you have for us. And so God, our prayer today, Yad, is that you help us to trust you. Things don't look like what we are used to, but God, help us to trust you. It doesn't feel like we have all that we need, but God, help us to trust you. Help us, God, as we move forward to ultimately commit to trusting you. Because you've already gone before us. You've already made the ways. You've already made it happen. It's amazing that we're living, we are living in your yesterday because you've already taken care of today and tomorrow for us. So God, help us to trust you. God, we pray today for those who find themselves in need of connection to a Savior. We know that your presence is the same because you sent Jesus. The Bible says that you so love the world you sent Jesus to die for us. Not that we would be condemned, but that, that we could experience salvation and new life with you. And so, God, today there may be one watching who needs to know, who needs to get connected, who needs to be plugged into this new life. God, help them to say yes to you today, to type it in the comments, to send an email, send a message today, to say, it's me. I, I need that new life. God, for those that may need to rededicate their lives or those who want to partner their lives with us here at TMCBC, God, we're praying today that they would say yes to you. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your spirits urging and calling them to partner their lives and their gifts and reconnect with you now. God, we pray today for those who are sick, who are bereaved. Pray for those who are dealing with diverse circumstances of in need of provision and protection. God, we pray that you do what needs to be done for them, that you would open doors, that you would heal their bodies, that you would restore their relationships. God, that you would help them to love themselves the way that you love them. God, that you would comfort them and make ways for them now. God, we continue to pray for our city and our community. Rise of gun violence, rise of COVID, rise of poverty, political bickering, all of the things that are happening around us. But yet we know, God, you are ultimately still in control. And so we look beyond City Hall. We look beyond the Board of Supervisors. We look beyond the school board, beyond the House of Delegates and the Governor's Mansion, beyond the White House and Capitol Hill. God, we look to you to make it all make sense, to bring things together according to your will. God, we pray for brothers and sisters across the world who are dealing with diverse and challenging circumstances. Folks in Haiti and Afghanistan, folks in South America and other parts of Asia, and down in Africa, Lord God, all throughout the African continent. God, even right here in North America, God, we're praying, God, that, you, that, a, that a remnant of your people would stand up mightily right now to help and touch the needs of those who find themselves in need in this hour. God, ultimately, it's our prayer that this will be a week of greater commitment to you. 
this will be a week that helps us to commit and recommit to doing the things that are necessary to singing forth your kingdom come come here on this earth the words of the Lord prayer be our prayer today thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us the commitment that we need the faith that we need the trust that we need the resources that we need to see it through we love you Lord we thank you God and we honor you so the mighty and the master's name, Jesus, we pray. All God's children said, amen. Amen and amen.